Welcome to Homemaker Chic Podcast, where we are rescuing the art of homemaking from the daily grind. Today, we're going to be uh, grinding in the garden, hopefully, figuratively, through conversation. This is a long-form conversation podcast. We talk about homemaking, we talk about giving it dignity, and this season we're specifically talking about uh, creating margin, just staying ahead so we're not right up against the eight ball, and we're calling that Minding the Gap. How are you minding today? Mm-hmm. I've mounded better. I've mined better. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you, right? Minded. I've, I've mounded better. better. Mm-hmm. We have kids. We can say minded. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, listen, this is, I am living the perfect example right now of these things. A lot of what we talk about, even on the podcast, they're not just straight application go here's a new way to fold your sheets they're they're theories they're bigger than (laughs) that they're they're theories and theories don't always apply they don't always work out in the flesh exactly like we'd (laughs) like them to so maybe even you've been yeah (laughs) maybe even you've been tracking along with us this season and you're like in a ditch and that's okay that's okay. We're still just here with you hanging out for an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> take heart, my friend. Um, I was just telling Angela right before we started recording that you do things the best you can, whether that's menu planning, setting a family calendar, setting your intentions for the day, priorities, mm-hmm. coming up with a system for this or that. And life just has this way of, of just being things happen things change they shift people have different needs at different times and i think even more so as a homemaker than learning exactly how to do this or that a certain way to me the wisdom is coming in letting things be Mm -hmm. what they are or maybe even accepting the way that they are and being willing to go with that and being the best I can in that situation, right. not trying it's to change the situation. It's always fun to learn always. how to fold the fitted sheet. Sense. But it's more important to be able to get through your day yeah. without losing it. And like our daily plan, I mean, if you picture it like, I don't know, some rock or some structure and you pour water it over the top, you know, the water like finds crevices and finds cracks. And like, that's what life does. It's like, oh, no, <laughs> I'm going to get in there and push you a little bit. You know, and right. so sometimes instead right. of pushing back, just going with the flow, it's good. Yeah. So I did a YouTube video a few weeks ago on letting go of Miss Perfect. Miss mm-hmm. Perfect yeah. likes things a certain way. We talked about this last week. She knows she's capable. She can do, she can have deep thoughts, solve problems, be creative make beautiful things apparently and she has to die. i got my gene mutation <laughs> she has to die back. to herself apparently i have the gene <laughs> mutation that fans the flames of miss perfect of remember, miss perfect miss perfect yeah, likes remember to control a few weeks things ago when i just i questioned you know things. as we're learning about that whole gene thing if if they're going to start to connect it to like the personalities they've assigned people Sure enough, in my test paperwork, it said 
people with this gene mutation are usually type A. Their closet is organized. They have to have things in order. If they it specifically said, if they work from home, they have a hard time working unless everything else is in order. I'm like, you're freaking me out. All I did was swap the inside of my cheek. You're telling me about my closet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Okay. Yeah. I want to come back to this. I'm going to finish my thought real fast. So this video, I, in a, I quote Proverbs yeah. 14 4, yeah. which is like, where there's no oxen, there's no mess, basically, but strength comes with the ox. And in meditating on this video and what I wanted to say during it, it actually made me think do I want to be strong? Do I want the strength that comes with the ox more than I want the cleanliness of not having, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. to muck the stall, as it were, right? Like these are things we actually have to face. Yeah. You actually have to be willing to answer that question and truthfully, right? <clears throat> so, okay, I want to I wanna hear about this because you know, I texted you. Tell me more. Tell me more. So you, like one third of the population, have, have of the, the MTHFR gene mutation. Yeah. 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 It's great. I also had three out of the five, okay. but it wasn't so that mine wasn't was one the MTHFR, the MTRR, and the COMPT, which I was listening to his podcast yesterday, Ultimate mm -hmm. Human Podcast. And um, I had scrolled down and I was listening to, listening to one about menopause which is probably really timely because a few times I've wondered, have I had a hot flash? Was that a hot flash or too much salsa? You know, like <laughs> honest to God, Shay, last night I woke up like <laughs> I woke up. It was like someone had taken me, took, took to me, <laughs> taken me, dunked me in a pool and took it me, dunked me As in a pool took it, took and me? laid me back in my bed. I, I had to peel my pajamas off. Wow. I was like almost gagging. It was so gross. Joel goes, what's wrong? And I just took his hand and ran it under my boob. He's like, oh. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> I was just like. Uh, no, Maybe we're just I mean, sleeping a really deep sleep. God. I don't know. That, I don't know. That was a night sweat. That was it, no. girlfriend. That was <laughs> That one's going down in the books. Perimenopause. Right. Are yeah. night sweats part of menopause? Yeah. Um, so all that to say is when you, so like the comp things. gene is, or gene mutation, whatever, is super related to like estrogen dominance. And they were talking about how to navigate the waters of perimenopause and menopause health healthily, which is super intriguing to me. I'm I'm resigned to not survive mm -hmm. like the next few years. I'm gonna figure it out. So that's a lot of humility there. But they talked about what kind of what kind of things did they talk about? Yeah, well, they were talking what about did they talk um, about like in terms diet, of navigating that, obviously, which most of I'm lockstep with. They talked about obviously having your hormones tested and kind of mentally setting aside we're not just talking about estrogen testosterone and progesterone like your thyroid and all those are part of that um and i've had like postpartum hypothyroid issues before and so every time i get my thyroid tested and i do like the full gauntlet um 
it shows fine. But I'm just going to keep an eye on it. I think in a month or two, I'll get um, my hormones checked. It's been a few years. And they were talking about a supplement. Mm-hmm. DH, uh, DH something. That's supposed, I don't remember. It's supposed to be really DH good. Chiro? I didn't finish it because I got done making dinner D-Chiro? and then had to serve dinner. But yeah, very, okay. very interesting. I people are going to mm-hmm. ask us because we've been talking about this recently, this uh, gene mutation test that both Angela and I did. And I don't know what th- I, there's not like a specific name for it. It's not like you just go and say, I want a blood panel or test my cholesterol. <clears throat> I think you can just call it the gene mutation. So like cheek swab test. Yeah, or they I do. think a lot and of then... people actually call it the MTHFR <clears throat> test. But yeah. if you say and then when you get in there and you order it or whatever, you want to make sure they're testing for all five of them. So. <sighs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's it's um, it's really interesting. And it's like, what are they stuff. what is the new term? Is it biohacking? Like, what is the term for this approach to your health? Because I think it's called biohacking. I'm not sure. Um. It's really intriguing to me, so much so that, you know, like when you, you say when you were exposed to Calvin, you were upset. You were like, why, how dare I not have been taught this, right? I feel like that, and my analogy or my connection is like, I feel like that with this. Like if this is really as important as if just supplementing to fill in the gaps, Mm -hmm. the nutritional gaps that these gene mutations cost, if it's really that important, how dare no one tell me about this over the last like eight i'm not kidding eight years of everything i've been struggling with with (laughs) epstein-barr and ms symptoms and all this crazy crap losing my hearing overnight like how dare no one like run this too you know i don't know it frustrates me (laughs) yeah it seems if the technology is there like this should be step one because what's what happens so often is you go to the doctor, you give them your symptoms, they give you a supplement or a medication, something like the MTHFR. I know what I know enough to know what that means is that your body can't take in folic acid. Period. So all those prenatals that mm-hmm. you were taking for the six times you were pregnant, right? Basically, every multivitamin has folic acid in it. Your body actually can't take it in unless it's methylated. It won't. It literally will but not it gets absorb backed up any of it. Then. So yeah. it seems like before they give you a supplement, they would say, can she can she process this? Is this going to actually put yeah. us more And it's not just that line? you can't take it in. You can't process. Like it gets clogged up. Yeah. Yeah, it gets clogged up. Yeah, so I just kind of think like, you know, I went through so much like I had to ask for a Lyme disease test uh, and that was negative. And then I got my thyroid check. That was fine. And then, you know, finally, it was a friend that said, I think you have Epstein-Barr. Like all those doctors and (laughs) when I lost my hearing, you know, and went through all the nasty shots and everything to try to get it back, the doctor said, I'm like, I want to know why this happened to me. He goes, it could have been a virus. I'm like, what virus? It turns out Epstein-Barr, you know, like, but he didn't say anything. Mm-hmm. He didn't know. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyways, uh, so I just got it. Mm-hmm. I just got the results. You do. Yeah. Yeah. Look, y'all, you have to be your own advocate. Please. Okay. Be your own advocate. <laughs> and if you can't do it, then have somebody that you love mm-hmm. and trust and say, I need you to be my advocate for me. Yeah. We should do like a whole mm-hmm. whole show on that at some point. Because yeah. now that we've said it again, we're going to get more questions, everybody. Yeah, we should. But definitely Google it. Do some research. Um, yeah. Very, very interesting stuff. But that's not what I want to talk about today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't want to talk about that mm-hmm. today. <laughs> okay. 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 <laughs> um, before we dive into what we do want to talk about, Yay. which is minding the gap in the garden, outside, springtime stuff, lovely stuff. Let's give a shout out to Branch Basics for sponsoring season 19 of Homemaker Chic. So let me give you the nitty gritty on how this works, okay? Branch Basics essentially formulated the most incredible, clean, multi-purpose concentrate. And when you order from Branch Basics, you get a big old bottle of this cleaning concentrate. And with it, multiple spray bottles, either glass or plastic, depending on what you'd like, that you fill mostly with water. And then you will add a designated amount of this concentrate to each bottle. And then you can literally clean anything in your house. I've even said, I use the concentrate to clean my dishes. You can clean your dishes, your windows, your mirrors. You can mop your floors with it, clean your bathrooms, scrub your toilets, everything from this one cleaning concentrate that has no nasty chemicals, no artificial fragrances, no synthetic cleaners that are going to be harmful in any way. You can look it up on Mm -hmm. one of your little, you know those apps where you can scan products and it'll show you how toxic it is? Go look Branch Basics up on one of those if you have it. It's incredibly clean. And they're offering Homemaker Chic listeners 15% off if you go to Link's dot branch basics.com forward slash homemaker chic you can get 15 percent off so try it you are going to buy and yeah. or make and cleaners regardless get the glass bottles so just they're try fun it. you get a great discount and no joke this concentrate <laughs> lasts like two to four months so we're talking about being able to make just multiple cleaning products and yeah, I love it. I just detailed my espresso yep. machine before the show. You know, they get all like, well, here they get minerally, and then there are people that don't properly clean off the milk thingy. I can't. The steamer. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Also, this is what I use for laundry. The cleaning concentrate can also be used to use in your washing machine to clean your laundry. So when we say it's multi-purpose, purpose. it's... Yeah really (laughs) multi-purposed so instead of being fearful that you're going to run out of 64 different products for this or that you can just think about one and that ladies margin clarity (laughs) and creates some space in your brain for minding the gap some of that beautiful margin we've been talking about so links.branchbasics.com forward slash homemaker chic or head to instagram we're on there at homemaker chic you can just click the little clean button. It'll take you right there. Super easy. So you don't have to remember that link. Um, but thank you Sweet. to Branch Basics for sponsoring this. All right. Season. So I was sort of in the garden. We got a lot of snow. Did, did I see on Instagram you got snow? We got a lot. Well, not a lot overnight. We but everything snow, was just too. like 
bright. The sun came out and yeah, which is good because I am trying to pick a paint color and it's been pretty abysmal out. Uh, Just pleasant, but cloudy. And so now I can actually like see the color Mm-hmm. in the sunshine which is fantastic but i was in the garden today as you can see i'm starting my seeds finally and there's actually dirt under my fingernails it's so wonderful <laughs> so, i almost got down and like snorted it just smelled even just the seed starter mix just smelled so good Ugh, so good so obviously yes. this is a place we yeah. want to create margin because um, there's I- hardly a worser feeling oh my gosh i was just gonna say i can't think of I any not place what's for dinner i mean <laughs> yeah the, the garden is it is a complex organism because it will give you the highest highs of confidence right. look what i have yeah. done Right. It's like in Castaway yeah. when Tom Hanks finally gets the fire going and he pounds his yeah. chest. Yeah. I have made fire. That's how I feel when I get the garden locked yeah. in. I'm like, oh, my word. Look what I did. The same time, there is nothing that makes you loathe yourself quite like yeah. the garden when you don't get it right. You just, who am I? I don't deserve to have right. anything. You're reflecting on all who the do money I think you've I am? spent. And yeah, it's oh, can be brutal. It can be really brutal. Uh, so we want to like be proactive. We want to reduce stress. We want to actually make sure that we have created time to enjoy it. And I know like the act of gardening is so enjoyable, but I mean like go out and paint it, go out and read a book in it, go out and take a nap in it, like not just have it be another thing on your checklist even Mm -hmm. if it's fun you know like actually being in the space without laboring yeah i think it's good for you imagine (laughs) imagine that (laughs) you know lest this makes me sound like a drunkard um i love at the end of the day like Uh that little bit of time right before you start cooking dinner where the deep heat of the day has passed, I have a bench in my market mm. garden and I will often sit up there with a glass of wine and just stare. Bless you. <coughs> Excuse me. One more. <coughs> I will often sit up there with a glass of wine in the shade and just, mm. my favorite part is watching the yep. birds and the bugs. And watching a hummingbird come to a sunflower, you mm-hmm. know, or watching the birds pick the seeds off the zinnias. These like little beautiful pieces that you do not see when you're laboring yeah. do you get dra- that, dragonflies oh, because of your pond that fills my heart we, we call them bombardiers so <laughs> they're so amazing they're like the size of my middle finger <laughs> and they're just yes. hundreds i love them yes yeah yep yeah. yep mm-hmm. yeah. and frogs so where i'm sitting right now for those of you watching the video of the podcast these doors right behind me these french doors they go out to a little patio and then two steps away from that patio is our pond that we built. And I always wish it was a little nicer. Yeah. It'll get there eventually. All things take time. The frogs. But the frog song in the spring it's... and early summer is 
off the charts. Yeah. And it drives, sometimes it drives my kids it. crazy when they're trying to sleep, but I open the doors. I'm like, saturate me in the frog song. I mm-hmm. love it. I love the way they mm-hmm. sing with each other. You'll hear them go back and forth rhythmically, and then one will stop. And then they'll get back. I mean, it's just pleasurable. And I think that's where I want to start. It's like, yes, we don't want to be stressed. Yes, we want to make sure we bite off what we can mm-hmm. chew. Yes, we want to make sure we enjoy it. But look, if you're listening to this and you think, what do I care about this episode? I don't garden. Oh my gosh, garden, garden. I don't care who you are or if you live in an apartment or you live in the country or the city or whatever, finding a way mm-hmm. to be with nature, finding a way to be around it, to understand it, to deepen your respect for it. I just think there's very few things you could do Mm-hmm. that will build you up that much as a human yeah to understand the incredible resilience and at the same time the fragility of nature and of its cycles and how each mm-hmm. piece is important junior and i just watched this youtube video a few weeks ago i don't know what channel it was it was just recommended or something and this guy um built a nature pond or like a habitat habitat pond or something like that. He had like a little mm-hmm. tiny one that he had done before. And then he dug this big one and put like a floater out in the middle with plants on it and put little birdhouses, set them up. And then he built a blind like right next to it where he could go with his camera and just stand and observe even. It was incredible. He had such... Remember in my side of the mountain when the boy has such an intimate knowledge of all the animals and their routines and everything. That's how this guy was. He mm-hmm. he knew the pairs of birds. He knew their like habits and just from going every day and observing. Yeah. It was excellent. It was so great to see someone, first of all, be so methodical yeah. and so disciplined. Like this was a huge project. He planted, he tilled all the way around it and put down wildflowers. It was a big deal. And then that he lives a quiet enough life that that is valuable to him to just go sit and watch. I loved it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful. I was just rewatching an old episode of Gardner's World. If you don't yet watch Gardner's World, get your BritBox subscription on Amazon and watch every episode. But Monty talks about how there's nothing greater that you can do for wildlife in your garden than to put in any sort of natural water source from big ones to even really Mm -hmm. small little ponds. I mean, look, if we're listening to this and people are in an apartment, like literally putting a teeny tiny little Mm -hmm. container pond on your patio, bird bath, anything, what it will do, what it will do to the ecosystem in your area is incredible and he also talks about always making sure to keep pieces of wood floating at least have a few pieces of wood because that's what Mm -hmm. frogs like to put their eggs on and i remember the first year we put our pond in putting a piece of wood in flipping it over and just seeing it laden with frog eggs and i was Mm -hmm. like he was right of course he was right he's monty don but it was just so so beautiful to be yeah, to just to be a part of it in, in a unique way. And ours is the same way. We have wild mallard ducks that come back mm. to the pond every year. It's a male and female. 
And every year they come and they spend a few weeks here and then they go on. We have a pheasant, a male pheasant that comes every year. I mean, just really, really neat things. So yes, yes, two ponds. (laughs) I mean, that's a great place to start as a garden because simple, simple. Water's fairly simple. So, but I've been talking to my cooking community a lot about gardens Mm -hmm. this year. A lot of us are gardeners. And a lot of us garden not right. for flowers, but for food, right? We, we're growing vegetables. So we're all going to have kind of our different goals. In a lot of ways, I love to grow vegetables. I love to grow vegetables. But I've told myself, you need to get your vegetables to a point where you have space, mm-hmm. you have margin yeah. for your flower beds, because, because flowers flowers are you growing any new flowers this year <laughs> or anything that you've never tried or or anything like you know, that no i am okay. no nope this year i'm really trying to stick to basics mm-hmm. and you know when you've been in your spot for a while and you take a step back and you're like mm-hmm. what does well here like what don't i have to try so hard at And there's a lot of really beautiful flowers that grow very well here that I don't Mm -hmm. have to try at. Roses, for example. I know. I hate you. I do nothing to to kill Japanese beetles. I don't. I don't spray them. I don't do anything but prune them. And even when I prune them, I literally just like lop off a third of it a couple times a year. Mm. Like it's, I don't even think about them. And they're beautiful. They do really well. Then there's a lot of like self-seeding flowers that I really love and that I've sort of just had to say at this stage of life for me to be able to maintain these, my flowers cannot be high maintenance. They just, they've got to be a little simpler than that. And so I'm kind of looking more towards those flowers and just saying, you know what, grow, (laughs) go with God. And then maybe when I'm older Mm -hmm. and I have a little bit more margin to be able to devote to this, I'll bring in some specialty things yeah, that it's, maybe uh, need a bit You have to have care. time for to be fussy, for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You With flowers, very much so. Like all those beautiful seed packets, and you think, yeah, this is going to be the year that I grow. All these things from seed. Flowers <laughs> have different personalities. They have mm-hmm. really different likes and dislikes. And like I know vegetables like the back of my hand. I know how to plant onion seeds. I know what tomatoes like. I know what their tendencies are, but specialty flowers, I don't know. I don't know that language like that yet. Um, I am doing, I don't know. uh, I'm hoping to put the window boxes in on the front of the house this year. And um, where I did not used to like this flower at all, I just kind of thought it was old. I don't know. It just seemed typical. Uh, Let me rephrase that. Typical. I didn't used to like them, but I'm in love with geraniums (laughs) as a grown up. And so I'm, I am going to try to grow my own from seed because I want mass quantities of them this year. So I'm going to try those from seed and I am going to try Dahlia Mm -hmm. from seed and see what happens. It can't get any worse. Mm -hmm. It can't get any worse. First of all, I can't afford (laughs) Dahlia. I can't afford them anymore. You mean then using your tubers? I can't. And I kill them every time I try to store them. Mm And so I'm going to try seed and then I'll try storing again after that. But um, here, 
I, I'm just hopeful. I'm I'm going to start them like this weekend. And they take so long here for me to get the first bloom. I typically even start my tubers indoors. So I'm hoping that like February is early enough. From everything I've read, it says it's going to be okay. So I'm excited. And I'm hopefully going to have tons of them because I love them. Mm-hmm. I love them. Mm-hmm. I sometimes, sometimes love them. Your favorite? Hmm. They're not my favorite, as Juliet would say. It's not my favorite. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Mm. I don't, I don't know like like the that. big spiky sea urchin looking know. ones. I like the ones. I suppose they Mm-mm. they Mm-mm. they look like a heartier nope. zinnia. You know, like They're the big button. dinner plate ones. I'm not like I don't need anything the size yeah. of my head. That's why the Lord made sunflowers. I don't know. I just plus they don't they look so weird in an arrangement unless you're doing something yeah. really legit. You know, it's always that big clunky one at the base of the arrangement. You know, it's like yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I don't know. I think I love zinnias the most, mm-hmm. and they're so much easier to grow. Yeah, like mine I get mildewy here though. So literally just throw it as soon as yeah. the soil's workable. They, my my zinnia and my hollyhocks oh, okay. get my hollyhocks get like um copper or like some sort of metal and and then rust. Yeah. Thank you. Gosh, I couldn't think of rust. it. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. and then the zinnias do, yep. you know, I have to if they're one fraction too close to each other or something, they just get all mildewy and yuck. Um but I love I'm gonna I love them. I grow them every oh, year. Shame. Kind of grow more um but i like the i like dahlias in arrangements i like how long they last i like the structure i love the purple stems the ones that have purple i'm a freak for purple foliage yeah love 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 so yeah yeah honestly that like this makes it sound a bit fancy having this conversation i would be just so happy if i didn't let it go totally in the gutter. I don't know how to do that. I mean, I, because it's just like anything, every year you start with the best intentions and something goes wrong. But I guess like, that's what we're talking about on the show this season is knowing that it's going to, and then what are maybe just a couple things that we could do so that there's space when it does, so we can stay in love with it the whole time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. So I had a few of my beds that I just broadcast in wildflower seed and it'll grow, mm-hmm. you know, beautiful little annual things, bachelor buttons and chamomile and California poppies and all kinds of things. But it was just literally me saying, mm-hmm. this is what I can, the structure's there. Okay. We've got a few big pieces. Maybe, let's see, I'm thinking of one garden. It has hops climbing up a telephone pole. It's got a lilac bush and an apple tree. And a few roses. And then the rest, it was just, here you go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and good luck. Because, look, this mm-hmm. is money to maintain. And in order for me to have mental margin, I have to want to go out there. And none of us want to do anything. We're so overwhelmed that we're just crippled by the amount of labor it's going to take to get yeah. from point A to point so B. So when you do that scattering, do you struggle with weeds then in those beds? like grasses and stuff i know my beds well enough to know which ones i what what are weeds you know like which beds struggle with which weeds do you have places like this like i have one garden Mm. bed that gets thistles that's the only spot on the whole property that gets thistles so 
I know them well enough to know what to pinch out. Not but too no, bad. not okay. not typically. Not typically. And look, you just let it grow and you just pull yeah. it out when you recognize it's a weed. I mean, it's not it's not a major thing. I struggle with weeds, period. <laughs> so it's not like it's the broadcasted right. seeds fault. Well, I mean, you're not broadcasting on like wood chips or something. It's you're my broadcasting fault. on probably more open dirt. So I just wondered if it was a right. struggle. So Right. Yeah. All right, ladies, hang on with us for just a second here. We're going to take a quick ad break. Please listen, support our sponsors. They keep Homemaker Chic on the air. We'll be right back. Is your linen closet ready for life? Do you need extra towels, sheets, blankets, pillows? You know, extra linens for when life happens? What if you could have heirloom linens that didn't end up on next year's garage sale? What about investing once in an American-made product designed to last a lifetime? Shay and I both dress our beds and homes in American Blossom Linens, and you can too. AmericanBlossomLinens.com. Use the coupon code HOMEMAKERCHIC20 for 20% off. Our friends at American Blossom are dedicated to bringing us quality American-made linens that can stand the test of time and can stand up to our lifestyle. Our theme this season is Mind the Gap. So give yourself some extra wiggle room with extra pillows, towels, duvet covers, and more from AmericanBlossomLinens.com and use the coupon code HOMEMAKERCHIC20 for 20% off. That's AmericanBlossomLinens.com. Get 20% off by using the coupon code HOMEMAKERCHIC20 at checkout. Gardeners, listen up. We want you to save on your garden seeds this year. So visit HomemakerChicPodcast.com forward slash survival garden seeds and use the code HOMEMAKERGARDEN for 10% off the big three kits, the Home Garden Collection, Homesteader Collection, or Farmer Collection. Survival Garden Seeds are on a mission to help teach you self-reliance through gardening. Look, a lot of us are gardeners here, which means a lot of us are going to be buying seeds for the coming growing season. Why not buy seeds that are guaranteed to grow anywhere in the United States and guaranteed to be non-GMO heirloom seeds? Survival Garden Seeds will even teach you how to collect every single variety of seed on the back of the packet. This is a fabulous family-run company that has built a huge resource for us gardeners and it also is the seeds that Angela and I use in our garden. Don't just shop their prepackaged kits, use their growing guides, learn how to save seeds, read the blog. There's lots of information there for you. HomemakerChicPodcast.com forward slash Survival Garden Seeds and use code HomemakerGarden for 10% off one of their most popular big three seed collections. If we are minding the gap, that means we are being prepared. And I want you to prepare future you for beautiful, sexy skin. And you can do that using luxurious natural skincare from Toops & Co. Treat your skin today, enjoy the results today and in the future. Use the code HMC10 for 10% off Toops's natural commitment means that you are using ingredients like cold-pressed olive oil, organic grass-fed tallow. Emily Toops is the founder, and she has made all of her products without using synthetic chemicals, gross toxins and fillers, artificial colors, no artificial fragrances, of course. They are made in the USA, and all the ingredients are sustainable, fair trade. We have full transparency here, and you can know that everything is ethically sourced. Skincare products should nourish our skin without leaving hormone-disrupting toxins in the body, but don't take our word for it. Prepare to look fabulous today and in the future with Toops & Co. Skincare. Visit ToopsAndCo.com. Shop organic skincare with the code HMC10 for a 10% discount. Yeah, so creating margin in the garden 
in the flower garden specifically means trying to do just a okay. little bit less for me. Focus on a few things and doing mm-hmm. a few things well. And just trying to stay on top of that. And sometimes, you know, we planted, gosh, 20 grapevines, Zinfandale grapevines when we first moved in here. And they're productive and beautiful. But dang it, y'all, if they're not in the wrong spot. Turns out, like, Get to as know you, your space. And that's one of the first things changes, you guys did. Yeah. You get, yeah. Yep. And Stuart came to me, he puts his hands on my shoulders and he said, I'm going to pull those grapevines. And like, it was just, oh no, I love them. I love them. But we did plant about 20 other grapevines last year. Mm -hmm. So I know there's more coming and I know it's in the wrong spot. It's made it completely Mm -hmm. unmanageable. I know he's right. But it hurts. And I say this in case any of you have one of those painful things, those band-aids that you have to rip off to create margin. Because if I say, no, leave them, that is going to make that piece of our property very difficult for me, this growing year. It is hard. Like the garden does require imputations and calculations you know it does yes amputations stink and it's sometimes it's humbling because it feels like the white flag of surrender other times it's very wise needed to be done other times you're doing it for future you the gardener because you know that if you take out xyz for example and put in some beautiful flowering tree that five years from now it'll be a new focal point in your garden you know you're just there's tough decisions to make out there yeah. Yeah. And there's pieces I've yet to solve. You know, what you see is what I want you to YouTube see or on Instagram. <laughs> I got to tell y'all, that's a good, that's what I want you to see. That's a good chunk of mm-hmm. our property that's developed now. But there's a third of our property that we haven't developed because I'm not sure. And I don't want to put the labor and the cost mm-hmm. in until I'm sure. Until I'm mm-hmm. sure of what it needs to be. And I'm I'm getting a better idea of that this year. But look, this is yeah, it's tough stuff. And sometimes not doing something is mm-hmm. actually the right answer. Because that does create some space. <laughs> it creates a little bit of space. This year I I do yeah. have something this year that I'm going to do and I've I've been looking at it for a couple years now. We have this like half finished bread oven that's just sitting there. It has to get done. It's such an eyesore. Talk about filming over and around something. Oh my gosh. It's awful. Uh, It has to get done. But it's right up against my stone wall. And I've been wanting a border for a long time in my garden because I have just too much grass. I want the grass gone. I want gravel. But that's a lot of work. But I'd love to put a border in. And to do that, mm. I think I need to move my stone wall over by like 18 inches. <gasps> yeah. What? Yeah, I think that would- 18 it, inches. If I build a border right now, I have these steps coming down to my garden and you'll step right into the border. And, mm-hmm. you know, obviously stepping stones or what have you, but it would be better if I moved the wall over. 
But that might really? be okay because, yeah, because Amputation. it's six years old now <laughs> and it's shifted and stones fall. Kids climb on it. It could, it's sunk. It's sunk a good six inches. Um, so it doesn't even look like as regal or charming. Even it looks kind of dumpy. <laughs> Needs a redo. Um, <laughs> so, you know, maybe this time I could put, I don't know, gravel underneath and then mm -hmm. put the stone. Like maybe I can learn something now that time has passed. And But I feel like I just yeah. need to do it. And then, like right now, I don't have anywhere yeah. to put divided perennials. I was even considering just putting them in the ground next to my raised beds, like all super charming and everything. Because I, they got to go. I got, I need to move stuff around. And so that would give me a lot more room if I did that. Yeah. You know who's the king of this? Monty. He's Monty He Monty. is the amputation Recently king. Recently on his Instagram, the picket pitch. <laughs> He's that, the yeah. He is. That's what I'm saying. The, the picket pitch thing that he has and he just took well it was all light, that box went out but just gone but he ripped that band-aid off but he's I know, like but we're he's doing just it like on to the next that yeah rip up a path put in new beds i love okay, boxwood fine. i know you're not a box person i love boxwood so much i think i own like four i tried um starting them or you know the cuttings and i let them dry out they were doing so good i love boxwood like, if I had three grand to spend on boxwood right now, I would without even flinching. And I, yeah. if I had to tear them I out, like, like I would. Wood. It's sob. I would lose my <laughs> mind. Yeah. <laughs> I and know. And he started those all. I know. Those it's are all his cuttings. Unbelievable. So you know he's invested a yeah. long time well, into future them. Future Monty, yeah. right? I just, I think, you know, we talk about all the time, like, ex accepting where you are. I have to accept what my house is mm -hmm. and what it is not. Monty lives in a very old, but but regal British estate. And it's flat and it's bordered mm -hmm. and incredible. And mine is not that. And it will never be that. There is nothing regal or structured mm -hmm. about my house. Like I call it a cottage. That is the best word for it. And so there's certain plants that just don't work here. There's certain things that they don't feel quite at home mm -hmm. here. And it, it is actually very liberating to just right. say, look, this is what is the end. This works. This doesn't. Great. Yeah. This works. This doesn't. You know what works here? Big patches right. of wildflowers. Well, you also get like and self-sown hollyhocks and sunflowers. I mean, when you tell me about your summer temperatures, I always envy you in February because you're like, I'm in the garden, <laughs> you know. And then come July, I'm in my heyday, and you're like hiding out in front of the air conditioner in the house, you know, like oh, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. We do not have a temperate <laughs> climate. It is mm -hmm. extreme in both directions. Just so extreme. So summers, it is a tricky mm. time for us. Like we don't garden during the day. You can garden early morning until the sun comes up or at dusk. But no one's out there gardening midday. It's just mm. not possible. 150 oh degrees. Oh my gosh. You know, not going to not gonna happen. So yeah, there's even certain things where it's like, that's charming. Wouldn't live Right. Here. I was like, is there even a like, box that would survive when it's 115? <laughs> Probably, <laughs> Probably not. not. 
probably not. All right, let's move from the flower garden and into the vegetable garden because I know there's a lot of our listeners who are growing their mm-hmm. food. They're growing their vegetables. And this is a really, this area to me is a lot easier place to create margin. There's really simple ways to create margin in the vegetable garden, starting with only growing what you're going to eat. <laughs> Just literally knocking some of those varieties off. Yeah. The th- yeah. Starting with not getting the baker's seed catalog and it's oversaturated photographs, <laughs> you know, and just be like, I gotta have it. One kind of cantaloupe, I'm gonna grow five. Yeah. yeah, yep, exactly. I, and some of this is devastating, by the way, lest you think this is easy. I am not going to grow leeks this year. And I'll tell you why, I love leeks. They're so I'll beautiful. Send you some. I love eating them, I love making them. But okay, you no, sent me I will some? send you some because okay, I'll grow okay. Yours. Tell me why, and then I'll tell you why. <laughs> okay, I'll tell you why because out in my market garden right now is a thirty foot row of leeks that is not harvested. <laughs> like seriously. So what that tells me—they look so cool, <laughs> but there's too I many them, of and they're them. easy to grow. I have. I still have. Half of mine in the bed out there, all soggy and gross because I, I'm pulling them out and I'm banging the dirt off and I'm doing all the work, you know, like tug of war. I'm looking down at my pile like, how many bloody leeks are you going to eat this winter? Like, how many things of stock? Eat a root vegetable. Calm down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And look, if I want to be like my Miss Perfect self... I'll grow all the cabbages and I'll grow all the leeks. And I've tried to do this and I put them in the cold room, put them in the root cellar. And look, I would be pleased if it was just me, I would be pleased as punch to just eat steamed cabbage with butter all winter long with the leeks, whatever. Cook me a roast, poach me an egg. Okay. But like I, I have four kids and they, (laughs) you know, it's different It is different. And that means me having to die to my Mm -hmm. ideals of what I think they should always eat and live (laughs) in the reality of what is and do the best I can within those within those things. So this just because I'm not growing them this year doesn't mean that'll always be the case. But I have to be realistic. So I've also grown 200 heads of cabbage in the past, and I will literally mound this cabbage up in my root cellar. I love cabbage. I could eat it all the time. My family gets a little sick of cabbage. Yep. Okay. So I will literally do all that work, harvest it, put it in the cold room, and then all winter long be taking rotting heads out and throwing them to the cow because no one really wants to right. eat it besides me and Stuart. Right. Yeah. My so, kids are like, really, mom? Sauteed cabbage? It gets so good. My, and I have children that have decided so they don't like zucchini. And even eat it, Most of but... my kids don't like zucchini. Yeah. I like you, but what yeah. about like garden surprise, scram homesteader surprise, it's like zucchini and eggs and every other vegetable <gasps> from the garden dinner, like when you were little, yeah. can't you be easy? Yeah. Like when you were little. Yeah. 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 No, look, we touched on this briefly and 
that we touched on this briefly last week about how people do kind of hold you to a standard, especially when you live this public mm-hmm. life. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Know? And it can be really difficult. Even in my video, I showed, you know what I showed you guys? Wait for it. Store-bought bread. Sandwich bread. Okay? And I know oh, what's coming. I do I not know envy what's you. coming. I've been in this. Yeah. <laughs> I've been in this circus long enough to know what's coming. And it takes a lot more confidence to say, yeah, I teach people how to bake bread for a living and their store-bought bread in my video. And you know why? Because it's not all about me. It's not all about what I want. And I can sew. I I'm not sewing my clothes. A real life in real Give time. Me a break. <laughs> but I mean, the same has to be true for even the way we eat, yeah. doesn't it? Like, just because you can do these things doesn't mean that that's what's realistic or best or feasible for you in any given season of your mm-hmm. life. So, like, but people don't like that. <laughs> people have a hard time with that. So. Yeah, we buy, you know what? We buy food from Costco in the wintertime, a lot of times. We do the best we can, but it's still the reality of it. So my kids still really love, they love sandwich bread. They love my bread Mm -hmm. more, but when they go to make sandwiches for lunch, that's what Mm -hmm. they want. Okay. So I think the idea of, okay, creating margin in the garden, I think then... The knee jerk, like bootstraps reaction is get up earlier, pull those weeds before they get too big, make sure you have the sprinkler in place and you're not, you know, you know what works before the beginning of the season. I think it's a lot of like works-based gardening. And I think what we've, seriously, (laughs) right? Like, like if it's meant to be, it's up to me, you know, kind of a thing. But I think if you were to listen to the last 25 minutes, kind of what we've been saying, it's actually don't do so much. So there's less to do or so that you actually can pull the weeds. Because it's, you know, a, many of yeah. us go into the season with it and like unbridled enthusiasm and rose colored glasses. And then when the reality hits, there is no margin. It's not about just getting up at five and pulling the weeds before it's 110 out. Like if you could do that seven days a week, you would do that seven days a week. Like the the gardener's plate is full. Literally mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and figuratively. Yeah. 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 So we sort of manage that in our family, ironically, by getting up early on the summer mm-hmm. days. But, but I keep that isolated to the vegetable garden. So I require my family's help. And I require them to help me in the vegetable garden, partly because idle children are no no good. You know, a summer kid with no nowhere to direct their energy is not that's not good. Yeah, <laughs> they need they need to put their effort towards something. I also want mm-hmm. them to learn how to grow food, what it looks like, mm-hmm. what it tastes like, the processes of it. This is something that I want them to leave my house knowing. Now, whether or not they choose yeah. to apply this at any point of their life, who knows? But I want them to have that foundation, that understanding of, yes, here's here's how we grow these things. But that's kind of where that duty stops. And the things that I do just purely for beauty, for enjoyment, like the flower gardens, mm-hmm. those are mine. 
I don't require them to kind of help me with those things because Mm -hmm. those are extra, I suppose, in a way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I I I do it like, um, like we do in the house where I assign each kid a room. That's your room for the week at the end of the day or midday, like make it look decent. Okay. Um, and so I do that in the garden because my protege is all like square and rectangle raised beds. So I'm like, pick two. Mm-hmm. You want to go swimming or whatever? Like, here's your white bucket. Those are your beds for the week. Because, yeah, not not really so much the flowers, like you said, but mm-hmm. the, veg- the vegetable beds. And ours was the same thing when we sort of started like this kind of homesteading. Oh, we're going to have chickens. We're going to know how to butcher a chicken. We're not going to learn how to do X, Y, Z. It wasn't like in the hopes that we would raise like this brood of homesteaders. I just wanted them to know how. I just wanted that mm-hmm. to like flesh out their kind of well-roundedness. Like, okay, I have an understanding of food. I have an understanding of manual labor. I know how to do this. I know how to get something done. Yeah. 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 Exactly. And I think, yeah, I think those are such good things and it's such an opportunity. It's such an opportunity for the kids. I know they don't see it like that, but I do think it is. Right. So yeah, sure. I think having a schedule, growing the right amount, growing the things you're actually going to make use of, mm-hmm. right? Those are all massive ways. And then, you know, creating some sort of schedule just to keep things between the rails. There is mm-hmm. going to come a point, usually for me, it's August, where the ship has sailed <laughs> and the garden is what it is. Yeah until I get out there in the fall There's... and do the major thing. Because mm-hmm. at some point it yeah. flips from managing it, planting, tending, watering, weeding to harvest. And so- right. Which is huge. It's huge. And so you have to, in order to create margin, you have to set your priorities to say, so long as this piece of it is done, mm-hmm. that that will be good. Right. Right. Let's be blunt. We think everyone can benefit from doing their monthly shopping with Azure Standard. Right now, we want you to visit homemakerchicpodcast.com forward slash A-Z-U-R-E, Azure, and get shopping by finding a drop point near you or even signing up to head up your own. Azure Standard is a family-owned, organ-based, whole food grocer that delivers all around the United States each month. This is how I grocery shop every month for items that we need. To give you an idea, my order usually includes bulk grains and flours, dried lentils and beans and peas, butter, cheese, and other dairy products, specialty grocery items like soy sauce, dried herbs, spice blends, teas, glass gallon jars. This is where I get it all. But you don't have to order huge amounts. They offer bulk items and small items, your choice. We encourage you to visit homemakerchicpodcast.com forward slash Azer. Build a cart full of the products that you need to run your home and kitchen well, from plant starts in the spring to fresh produce to baking supplies to everything in between. Azer has exceptional offerings and the price and selection are on point. Right now, you can get 10% off your first order by using the code HC10. This promotion expires April 30th, 2024, and is only available to first-time Azure customers with a minimum $100 order or more to a drop location, one-time use per customer. Visit homemakerchicpodcast.com forward slash Azure and get shopping. 
Tubes & Co. will supply you with everything you need for non-toxic skincare, but did you know that they'll also supply all your makeup needs? Standard makeup is filled with harsh preservatives and chemicals, but not Tubes & Co. You can use code HMC10 for 10% off and shop Emily's Perfect Formulas for liquid foundations, concealers, mineral makeup, natural blush, creamy cheek tints, luminizers and bronzers, all made without any chemicals, artificial fragrances, or preservatives. For each piece of makeup you shop, whether it's the long lash mascara, eyeshadow, or eyebrow pencils, you can view an entire list of all the ingredients included right on the product page. Emily is transparent and open about all the ingredients included, and she should be proud of this work. This is an incredible, clean makeup line that you can feel good about using and that works wonderfully. Visit tubesandco.com and use code HMC10 for 10% off your natural makeup purchase with Tubes & Co. Homemaker Chic listeners, you hear me talk all the time about how much I love interior design. I want to help you become your home's very best interior designer. If you want to take your passions and create a tasteful, well-designed home using interior design elements and principles that withstand all those decorating trends, then I want you to join my Old World Design Society today, and I'm treating you to a free week so you can see what it's like. Not everyone can afford an interior designer, but with the society, you're going to be part of a private forum of people just like you who are posting their projects, questions, ideas. Every week, I issue a design challenge to help you stretch your creativity. We meet for coffee every Friday morning, and once a month, you can send me all your design questions and your photographs whatever you're working on and i'm going to answer those during a live design q a call if you're tired of painting if you're tired of scrolling and you want to make friends and be a part of a group that actually encourages the application of ideas this private group is just for you let me treat you to a free week click the red circle that says design over on our instagram page or scroll down in these show notes click the link and become a part of the society today okay yeah, so the harvest to me, this is the point. This is the point of a lot of what we do. You know, it's not the only thing, but it's a big piece of mm -hmm. it. So I know a lot of gardeners who will just freeze stuff until they will want to mm -hmm. make it. So whether that's jams, you know, berries or fruit for jams or even tomatoes for winter tomato sauce. I cannot mm -hmm. do this. <laughs> <clears throat> Why I do, it deprives me of joy? That's something I do it because me of it's joy. so. But it's I know it's sometimes there's it's so overwhelming and you're just back to back to back to back with processing. Yep. I really like just being able to say to myself, "Look, just put the grapes in the freezer for a week or two months, and on a rainy day, like come up for it when you've come up for air." It sort of takes me off the hook. It gives me margin, mm -hmm. you know, because there's some some weeks where you're just doing so much and or you're tired or yeah it's too much but you can't you don't enjoy it I don't at enjoy all. it at all maybe I, mean, I should try it it's again. much more romantic and yummy some things I mean to even just take half of your tomatoes and go like I can do this in a few months when things have calmed down yeah Ugh. it doesn't bother me I just, I it's not as romantic for yeah. sure there's nothing like bringing it in and like taking off the leaves and yeah photographing it and it just feels good yeah but you know what i did this year finally i ordered an electric saucer <laughs> versus a hand cranked saucer 
which is what I've always done. But when you're really? putting up over a yeah. hundred quarts of posada, it's yeah. Come on, come on. <laughs> that sounds fantastic. Yeah, you flip a button and mm. it goes. <laughs> it's amazing. So this is one of those like work harder, not is it, smarter. Is it as messy? Does yeah. it like overflow and get funky? Yeah, I mean, it's or, okay. messy. It, saucing anything is going to get messy. Yeah. And I think that's part of it. It's like right. I would rather I leave all the tomatoes on. That's why I grow a certain variety of tomato. So this is how I create some margin for with my tomato products, which are the point of my okay. garden is tomatoes. So I grow a mm -hmm. San Marzano tomato or a San Marzano type mm -hmm. tomato. So San Marzano are indeterminate. Mm -hmm. They grow constantly. Um, determinants are more of your traditional bush tomato, okay? There's a really great San Marzano style tomato called Paisano that is on a determinant plant. So if you are limited on space, that's a great one to get. But the cool thing about these tomatoes is that they have super thick skin. So they will hold on the plant for days and days. Unlike yeah. heirloom tomatoes, like a brandy wine has super thin skin you have to like mm -hmm. get gloves on when you harvest it so you don't damage it yeah these are not that way so i can go out once per week harvest all the tomatoes that have ripened that week and then just spend you know part of a day on saturday canning my tomatoes for that week and you're only doing it for a very limited amount of time in the summertime but I think maybe creating margin is finding those pieces that bring you pleasure. Like it's work, trust me. Cuz then but, you you have to you you have it to look forward right. to. It's yeah. yeah. It's 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 it is uh yeah. My chamomile harvest is like one of my favorites and it's tedious and takes forever cuz I grow so much but Everything smells like it. My hands smell like it. The room smells like it. Yeah, I love it. Do you use a chamomile uh, rake? It's, it's tedious. Um, I don't. They're really expensive. Yeah, I'm too cheap. To but buy you're them. talking about time saver. They're super Holy expensive. Cow. Yeah, I think they're like well, forty dollars. Um, they're not like crazy. Mm -mm. I think so. I'm gonna look it up right now. Okay. I thought they were like eighty or something. I'm like, I don't really want to spend eighty on. Here's equipment. one on Amazon for thirty dollars. Yeah, I it. I... Do you need me to buy you one for okay. your birthday? <laughs> <laughs> It'll the season will be over by then. <laughs> yeah, could be a time saver though. Maybe I'm looking at Johnny's. Yeah. They're expensive. Um, a lot of times I'll just cut. You know, I'll. I'll put them, I, I like to hang them around the kitchen. You know, like mm -hmm. people do hops later in the year. Like I love to do big swags of braided chamomile and chives and stuff like that. But um, a lot of times then I'll just take them and put them in a brown paper bag upside down. Just let them dry out mm -hmm. that way. Then I can just shake the bag and mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, sometimes there's little twigs or whatever, but like whatever, you're making tea, big deal. Yeah, I like to find those things where you say, like, here's the 10 things or even the 15 things that are most important to me. Like the things that are most useful or the things that I find the most pleasure in. 
-hmm. and letting the rest sort of, if you get to it, you get to it. Right. But like, I think if you actually start the year with like intention and saying, look, these are the Mm -hmm. things that I want to make sure I have margin for. Right. I think even identifying. It's not like it's not worth it for me to like to I like it's not worth it for me to grow broccoli. That is dumb. Onions, on the other hand, like that's worth my time. That's worth my investment. That's I've I love braiding onions. And then we live in an area where you can't get a good onion to save your life. So as much as it's fun for me to plant other things, it's actually really a waste of my time. Like just go buy a bag of broccoli because that's how much you're going to end up harvesting anyways. Yeah. Okay. Play a game with me. Five crops. Mm -hmm. That's all you get. Okay. What are they? Okay. Beets. Okay. I love beets. Onions. Uh, arugula. Mm-hmm. Gotta have it. Or just veg crops. Yep. Uh, jalapenos. <laughs> I get one more, mm-hmm. right? These are hilarious. Golly. These are like, funny. What? Like just for me. Just for me, not for not pragmatic, right? Just for me. Just if you if if I say you only get to grow five things in your garden this year, pragmatically for what you're going to feed your family, whatever. What are those five crops? Okay, beets, jalapenos, arugula, beets, onions, onions. jalapenos, arugula. Mm-hmm. What else do the kids just love? And cucumbers, cucumbers. like for pickles, cucumbers. Okay, mm-hmm. that's interesting. Have you ever thought about just doing that? Just growing those? No, because there's there's other things that I like to do, but like those are our those are the ones we eat the most of and that get the most play. You can probably grow arugula all through the summer too. I Yes. Yeah, if I remember to like uh Oh, yeah. for sure. Um I mean, I, you know, I don't like tomatoes. I like growing them. I love, I find it very pleasurable to give my family tomatoes because I think most of them, I think there's one other, I think there's a kid that doesn't like them in this with the same passion that I dislike a tomato, but everyone else, they make them so happy. So I love growing them. But so I wouldn't put that on my list though. I'd selfishly take my beets because <laughs> I love pickled beets. That's okay. You're allowed to be selfish. Um, I addressed this in my cooking community the other day, so I'm going to address it here too. And I'm curious to hear your thoughts on how you do this. When I sow arugula or cilantro Mm -hmm. or spinach primarily in my garden, I will dig a little trench just like an inch down, but it's like 12 inches wide Mm -hmm. and it could be three feet, four feet, six feet, however long. Okay. And then Mm -hmm. I will like, also a thousand seeds so it's like a carpet i plant it like a carpet i don't plant plants so somebody was saying i can't grow cilantro at home like it doesn't get big it doesn't get bushy and i had to explain to her no cilantro grows like it is a stem it's a stem and it has some leaves off shooting and yes but like you Mm -hmm. need to plant 500 stems then you have a cilantro hedge 
And then you can go in and yeah. cut off the big bunches. And I do the same with arugula. I literally sew it like yeah. a carpet. I go out there with a knife and a basket and I just like cut it off at the soil line. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do like eight inch, 10 inch. Yeah, trench, like a trench. Yeah, exactly. And it's almost like you're planting yes. microgreens. It's almost like the same way you would yes. approach a microgreen. Exactly. Yeah. Or just exactly. about the same. And there's some really cool mm-hmm. lettuce mixes that you can do this with too, where instead of sewing all the heads, transplanting each one, you can literally just clear off mm-hmm. an eight or 10 inch wide strip, broadcast all of the lettuce seeds, and they grow like like a bigger microgreen. Like you would just let it get true leaves and then cut right. it off. It's like a mixed salad blend. It works really well. It's a really mm-hmm. great way to grow greens. And then a lot of them, they grow back. Yeah, I just take like a- the roots. Yeah. Scissors out. Oh, yeah. yeah, for sure. You know, I have like a garden scissors or big long knife if I'm going to like go across the yeah. top. And yeah. My crops, since you asked, are going to be. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't even get a chance, woman. Okay. What are the Thank five you. crops you would grow if you were stranded well, on a desert island, since Shay? Since you asked. Potatoes. Potatoes. Mm-hmm. Tomatoes. greens i'm just gonna be broad it could be any green <laughs> collard greens mustard greens green. kale okay. right. arugula mm-hmm. potatoes potatoes tomatoes greens of some kind onion big time i have an onion mm-hmm. dare i say fetish it's getting out of hand <laughs> i think I... I planted like eight varieties so far <laughs> it's a real problem sweet when you plant your onions, do you cluster plant them in the cell trays? How do you do yours? No, I don't like that. I it don't did like not that. work for me. I tried it two yeah. years and I tried it two years in a row and I just did it because I was reading the books and watching and everything and I just thought like it wasn't broke. Saves me so alone. much doing time. Just fine. It saves me so much time. That you didn't did they not grow? What was the problem? They didn't grow well. No, they didn't grow well. No, they didn't grow well. Huh. Yeah. I've never had that problem. That was what that was what the problem was. The problem wasn't like the the tray aspect or, you know, the cell. It was that they just in fact last year I got so frustrated at one point I like dove in and like took them apart. Wow. And then spaced them out. Yeah, because they were not growing. And then that did the trick. So what we're talking about, listeners, is that I do a method of sowing onion seeds where you have your cell tray, right? It's your planting tray that's broken up into little compartments. And I will put five or six onion seeds in each compartment. I'll let them grow. And then when it's time to transplant them out into the garden, I'll just take the whole plug, all five or six grown together, and transplant that into the garden. And then as they grow, they just sort of push each other out of the way. They grow outwards. Right. From like the nucleus from the middle, they just kind of grow out. But you're saying that doesn't work. Mm -hmm. I've never had size be a problem. That's weird. It didn't. It didn't work for me. It was no problem with beets, but I did not have success. Well, there you go. Goes Mm -hmm. to show you. You just never know. Yeah. I, I. Yeah, I love planting onions. It's like so fun when you. I mean, I remember like ages ago planting onions for the first time because when you're a noob, you just think of like yeah. cucumbers and 
but when you try something that's so like something from nothing you know that you're just planting a seed I, I started with the like when I first started growing vegetables I started with the little sets and then I remember the year I tried seed for the first time there's something weird in my mind growing onions is like the same level of like the first time I roasted a chicken it was that important to me. So I have like a real soft yeah. spot for growing onions. Plus, I get really dramatic. <laughs> they don't come out the way I wanted to. Like I'm pretty yeah. proud of my onions. <laughs> Love them hanging from the rafters. It just brings me so much pleasure yeah. to have crap well, hanging that's what from I was my thinking. ceiling There's at the end of the summer. Not many crops like onions where you can enjoy them in the summertime, but also they're really easy to store. You just can throw up a little braid of them in your kitchen and you get to look at them all winter mm -hmm. long and use them as a storage crop, mm -hmm. even if you're not set up in any capacity for food storage. There's not that many crops like that that give you that kind of pleasure, which is why it's mm -hmm. essential that you grow storage yeah. onions, both yellow and white and purple and sweet onions for summer consumption and to use in your pickles like Walla Walla and also green yeah. onions and purple green onions, you know, the fresh eating spring onions, right? Mm -hmm. And then you should also grow, what is it, the... The tropea onions, the like the long elongated mm -hmm. purple Italian yeah. ones that you can roast under salt that are so sweet. The long. You got to have them all. Blush onions. Mmm. <sighs> got to have them all. I remember like the first, you know, like when I first learned to braid them, it was again, it's just I think it's nostalgically connected to that whole like roast a chicken period of time in my life. I remember having the braid by the range, which I didn't know better, you know, as far as sprouting earlier from the warmth or whatever. But I had a little bouquet of thyme from my tiny, tiny herb garden and it hung on a nail. And I just would, I remember that just yeah. the joy of grabbing an onion yeah. and then I'd grab that yeah. thyme and I'd go like this over I whatever I was making and it would just like crumble in the dust and whatever. <laughs> but just, it's all very nostalgic. There's, there's a bit about the vegetables that's nostalgic to me because yeah. I was a flower gardener for that's what I wish I wish I, I could bottle gardener. that feeling and give it to people who aren't gardeners you know that mm. I don't even know what the right word is to describe that feeling but I, I know exactly what you're talking about about having a period of your life that you're just particularly nostalgic about like it's a tr one of those transformational periods where you think this is who I was meant to be this is what I was made for and I remember very distinctly that period of my life mm -hmm. and man what like what are the words that you would even use for that I wish I could give that to people right I think it also like for me like if I look at cookbooks, for example, that I was really interested in during that period of time, they're so basic and mm -hmm. they're really heavy, um, heavily worded. There's stories and anecdotes to go with each recipe. And you could tell like I was just in and I was feeling it, you know, but that so when I do that, it actually allows me to have, you know, it's easy for us to do all this work pleasurable or not and like lose perspective. We talk a lot on the show about growth. Because that's what we are trying to do. If we're going to refine the art, obviously an artist gets better at their art. So when I 
for example, when I go back and look at old cookbooks or or I remember that feeling of grabbing an onion that was braided next to the stove, it, it gives me perspective. And I can actually yeah. have the enjoyment of looking back and going, you've really grown. Look at all you've learned how to do. Look at all you've Googled yeah. and trial and aired yeah. your face off. <laughs> you know, like, look how much you've grown in this area. That's really cool. And it's, it is sort of like trial and error, trial and error hobbies and pastimes or whatever like gardening that that allow you that so there's so the payoff is not just the perfect tomato the payoff is your kids learning discipline and hard work the payoff is you learning a new skill the payoff is you having to up your organization or your time management so that you can take on the extra work yeah. during the summer yes and amen the payoff Ladies. is so multifaceted that's a way to uh round out our garden episode so thank you for being with us here today um do if you have questions okay comments make sure you message us over on instagram we can't get to everyone but we do love to see what you say it gives us ideas for future topics for questions that we need to address on the show answer on the show so we'd love to hear from you over there give us a follow share the show with a gardener in your life, with a sister or a friend who you think might enjoy it. That really helps the show and we appreciate it very much. So let us know what, what you're growing in your garden. Oy. Very much. We have, what is uh, happening with life? Two more episodes to mind the What gap. is happening? Right. <laughs> yeah, this is episode eight. I don't know. Oh, man. I don't know. It's... Like warp speed. Yeah, this is. All right, ladies. We'll be back here with you next Monday. Thanks for being here. We'll see you soon. Cheers. Cheers.